Tonight on the Worldview Report, Israel launches airstrikes against Lebanon in a stepped-up war against Iranian-backed Hezbollah terrorists. The Biden regime's brainwashing of schoolchildren to hate white people, well, it rages on at U.S. military bases around the world. The city of San Francisco recently appointed its first non-U.S. citizen to serve on the city's election commission. I kid you not. New York State is doubling down on the Democrats' efforts to ban gas appliances. We also will take a look at the hidden cost of artificial intelligence when it comes to our overstressed electric grid. And a massive caravan of illegal aliens is making its way toward the U.S. border in Southern California. And this caravan originates from a hostile Muslim country. All these stories and more as the Worldview Report begins right now. This is Worldview Report with host Brandon House. Whether it is news from the nation's capital or your state capital, from the classroom to the boardroom, from national security to national and local news that impacts you and your family, Worldview Report is your trusted source for vital and uncensored news. And now, here is Brandon House. Good evening and welcome to the broadcast. Glad you are with us. While the theme was running, my son Logan in the control room asked, why are you smiling like that? Did you guys catch the, the wide shot of my studio dog Delta sprawled out in the middle of the floor? Now she's gotten a move to her my pillow pet bed, but I had to laugh when I saw the monitor of her scrolled out there in the middle of the floor. That's our studio dog Delta, for anyone who doesn't know. Well, good evening and welcome to the Worldview Report. We open with an expanding war in the Middle East. Israel reportedly launched airstrikes against targets in southern Lebanon on Monday. That's what the Times of Israel has reported. Quote, Lebanese media report Israeli airstrikes in a town on the southern outskirts of Sidon, some 19 miles from the northern border. Footage posted to social media shows large fireballs and clouds of smoke from the targeted sites. There is no immediate comment from the IDF, end quote. According to the ex-account of a Lebanese Muslim man who provided video, the first raid was reportedly near Al-Rim Company's warehouse, and the second raid was near Al-Sharari Mosque in an area south of Sidon. Watch this. Allahu Akbar! Ya Afu Allah! Arab News reported, quote, at least two Israeli airstrikes hit southern Lebanon on Monday, nearest the capital city of Sidon. That's what the state media and AFPI photographers said. The Gateway Pundit reported that this is not the usual, quote, near the border strike, end quote. Targeted site is around 20 miles from the nearest Israeli frontier and less than five kilometers from the city of Sidon. 
As seen in the next video, one of the strikes appeared to have targeted a hangar close to the main coastal highway. Watch this. The Israeli military last week said it killed a Hezbollah commander, his deputy, and another fighter in a drone strike in south of Lebanon. Contrary to what we've been told, the federal government's brainwashing of schoolchildren to hate white people, well, it rages on at U.S. military bases around the world. For the past year, Americans who have been following the issue were under the impression that the Pentagon's controversial Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, or DEI, had been closed. Just like then Undersecretary for Military Readiness, Gil Cesars, testified was the case at a congressional hearing last spring. Well, it turns out, apparently, he was lying. The Pentagon's anti-white DEI program for K-12 public school children of service members, it's still going on. Though now, they're hidden hidden within the curriculum instead of being broken out into a separate class. Quote, the radical curriculum was not dismantled, In quote. So reports opened the books, which worked alongside journalists, whistleblowers, various investigative nonprofit groups, and members of Congress to dismantle DEI in the Pentagon's K-12 school system. Quote, instead, it was stealthily embedded into the lesson plans and classrooms throughout the entire school system, end quote. According to Open the Books, the Pentagon, under Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, is abusing the Freedom of Information Act, or FOIA, by blocking details about the U.S. war machine's DEI policies from coming to light. Open the Books states, quote, they bamboozled the public with window dressing in congressional hearings while forcing woke extremism on the roughly 70,000 children of our military service members, end quote. Folks, this is the same modus operandi that was used to disguise Common Core, which caused, well, quite the kickback from parents back in 2014 and 2015. They said that they pulled back Common Core, but folks, it's still being taught under other names, which of course is what I warned about in my 1995 book, Reclaiming a Nation at Risk, my second book, that one of the strategies tactics of the education reform movement is to change the name of the education reform movement just as soon as the parents figure out what it is then you change the name and then you have a period of time by which you could call said project by that name before you have to change it again which is why of course under george h bush it was known as america 2000 clinton goals 2000 george w bush no child left behind obama common core Really the same program coming out of the United Nations. They just keep changing the name and confusing the parents. The city of San Francisco recently appointed non-U.S. citizen and Hong Kong immigrant Kelly Wong to serve on the city's election commission. Wong is an advocate for immigrant voting rights and is reportedly the first non-citizen appointed to the commission. That's according to the local California outlet KQED. In 2020, San Francisco passed a measure that removed the requirement of being a citizen to serve on the commission 
and the city boards. The seven members of the city's election commission are each appointed by a different city official, including the mayor and district attorney. The Board of Supervisors unanimously voted to appoint Wong. Board of Supervisors President Aaron Peskin said regarding Wong, quote, I'm very impressed by her commitment to enfranchising people who rarely vote, to educating people about the voting process, and to bring in non-citizens and get them the tools they need as they become citizens, end quote. Wong still cannot vote in elections, but she hopes her being appointed to the commission inspires other immigrants. As quoted by KQED, Wong said, quote, there are always voices inside my head, like, you can't do it. You're not competent. You're an immigrant. This is not your country. That's not true. If I can do it, you can do it, end quote. Slay News reports that New York is doubling down on the Democrats' effort to ban gas appliances in the homes of Americans in order to comply with the green agenda goals of so-called climate change and fighting it. The state's Democrat governor, Kathy Hochul, released her fiscal year 2025 budget on Monday, which includes provisions for her administration's radical climate agenda. Hochul's proposed budget includes provisions taken directly from the New York Heat Act, also known as the Affordable Gas Transition Act which further curbs the public's use of natural gas in the state. The governor's proposal budget pushes for, quote, responsible, equitable, and effective gas system transition planning, end quote. That's according to her office. While Hochul's office said the proposal wouldn't force any resident to transition away from gas, the bill would empower state regulators to incentivize people to do exactly that. The budget would also eliminate New York's so-called 100-foot rule. The rule mandates that utility providers install a gas hookup for any customer whose home is located within 100 feet of an existing pipeline, which had been the subject of intense criticism from climate change radicals who argued that it encourages new homeowners to sign up for gas service rather than electricity. The Daily Caller reports that a slowdown in the growth of electric vehicle demand has led to entire mines being shut down as the supply of rare earth minerals essential for electric vehicle components exceeds demand, according to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the Wall Street Journal mines also around the world are ceasing operations or halting construction projects in responses to the failing demand and falling demand. Take, for instance, a $1.3 billion plant in North Carolina, operated in Abramorale, which announced that it was deferring spending on the project amid the project turmoil. That's according to the Wall Street Journal. The total market share of EVs, well, it rose from 3.1% in January of 2023 to 3.6% in December of 2023. While the same share of U.S. vehicle inventory grew from 2.8% to 5.7% in that same time frame as demand, well, it fails to keep up with supply. Over the last few years, global mineral producers, well, they have ramped up mining operations in an attempt to capitalize on the emerging electric vehicle market. But consumers, they have declined to adopt electric vehicles at the rate producers were expecting. 
And that's led to rare minerals flooding the market and driving down prices. That's according to the Wall Street Journal. The market for metals, well, it's often subject to boom and bust cycles due to unpredictable demand and the slow speed at which mines can be brought into operation. The price of lithium, well, it's down around 90% since the beginning of last year. The price of nickel, well, it has been cut in half in that same time frame, again, according to the Wall Street Journal. A mine on the French Pacific island of New Caledonia recently suspended operations despite providing more than 6% of the world's nickel supply. Mines are also shutting down in Australia. The hidden cost of artificial intelligence could be staggering as new data centers needed to support it will eat up more and more capacity on our nation's already stressed electric power grid. Just the news reports that for the past couple of years, assessments of the national electric grid's ability to deliver power during peak demand periods, well, such as heat waves and cold snaps, well, they have shown increasing risk for blackouts. The North American Electric Reliability Corporation, which is the nation's grid watchdog, they find the main cause is retirement of coal plants without enough natural gas plants coming online. Besides the ability of generation sources to meet the demand during peak periods, the general demand on the grid, well, it's also increasing. Environmental groups, they're pushing the transition from heating from natural gas to electricity. And electric vehicles, well, they're, of course, adding to the grid's thirst for power. Among this mix of increasing electricity needs are data centers. Data centers, well, they manage and store the data for streaming services, email, you know, e-commerce, online gaming, uh, machine learning, and artificial intelligence, just to name a few. And then, of course, you can add in crypto mining and data storage. So AI, it's expected to double the electricity demand from data centers by 2026. That's according to the International Energy Agency, or IEA. The estimated global energy consumption in 2022 for data centers and crypto mining, as well as the power to transmit that data, was between 600 and 850 terawatt hours. That's according to the EAI. No, IEA. The estimated global energy consumption in 2022 for data centers and crypto mining, as well as the power to transmit that data, was between 600 and 850 terawatt hours. That's according to the IEA. To keep a 100-watt light bulb running for one hour, that requires 100-watt hours. So the amount of energy in 2022 consumed by data centers, crypto mining, and data transmission networks was enough to power 8.5 trillion 100-watt light bulbs for just one hour. According to the Energy Policy Research Foundation, which is a nonpartisan, not-for-profit think tank that was founded in 1944, this single sector puts these electricity demands on par with the total national electricity consumption of countries such as Brazil, Canada, or South Korea. A massive caravan of illegal aliens is making its way toward the U.S. border in Southern California. Bill Malusian of Fox News posted a video of the caravan to X, describing it as a huge line of illegal immigrants coming down a steep, rocky mountain after crossing into California. He said the line of illegals appears to go up the mountain as far as the eye can see. Three men who made it down first told him they're from Kazakhstan. 
Watch this. Kazakhstan, folks, that is a Muslim majority country. So these are likely terrorist and Islamic fighters coming to link up with the rest of the military age males that Joe Biden's government has allowed into the country. Are you paying attention and getting ready? The Daily Mail reports that so-called zombie fires have been smoldering under layers of snow in Canada as the remnants of last year's massive wildfires remain in that area. The zombie fires, or flameless, slow-burning fires that occurred just below the Earth's surface, have triggered fears that the thaw will bring another smog-filled summer to the U.S. Firefighter and scientist Sonia Laverka said that as she drove in a snowstorm in November in her small town in British Columbia, she noticed that instead of the snow being white, it was a blue-gray color from the smoke. She told the Daily Mail, quote, I've never experienced a snowstorm that smelled like smoke, end quote. Now, the fear is that those fires could spark another wave of smog and haze right on down here to the U.S., like much of the East Coast experienced in the summer of 2023. Fanny Willis showed up in a church this past weekend and was treated to superstar status as she accepted an award and delivered a brief sermon on her recent disastrous court hearing. Fanny spoke from the pulpit of Atlanta Berean Church, a Seventh-day Adventist congregation. She portrayed herself as a victim. She stated, quote, The scripture they keep sending me is, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. They did not say the weapons will not form. And that's the part I didn't hear until recently, end quote. Atlanta Berean Church hosted Willis this Saturday for nearly 20 minutes of adulation, starting with lead pastor Dr. Sherwin Jack declaring, quote, she is one of us, end quote. The church presented Willis with a Black History Achievement Award and Seventh-day Adventist founder Ellen G. White's Conflict of the Ages book, the series which chronicles the struggles between Satan and Jesus Christ, so they say. Fanny was then handed the award and book by a female church member who added, quote, these beautiful flowers are for you, the beautiful person that you are. We love you, end quote. Church's leadership and several other Fulton County elected officials then gathered around Fanny in prayer. This is all captured on video. Here it is. Today, we welcome you. This is our Black History Achievement Award presented to Fulton County District Attorney Bonnie Willis. In appreciation for outstanding service rendered to our church and to our community, this is sent today, February 17, 2024, our lead pastor, Dr. Sherwin Jack. We love you. Another very special gift for you, the Conflict of Ages series. 
The Conflict of the Ages series is a set of books that chronicles the struggle between Satan and Jesus Christ. We know that this will be an invaluable addition to your home library. These beautiful flowers are for you, the beautiful person that you are. We love you and we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. We have yet another indication that people are waking up on the European continent. The European Conservative reports that local elections over the weekend in the Spanish region of Galicia have once again proved the weakness of the country's ruling Socialist Party as it presses forward with an unconstitutional amnesty law and an insane climate agenda that has farmers very upset. The center-right Partido Popular, which is Spain's main opposition party, they solidly won the elections with 40 seats, giving them a comfortable, absolute majority in the regional parliament. This marks the fifth election in a row that the PP has won with a clear majority in the region although the party did still lose two seats in this election. Spain's governing socialist PSOE party, well, they won just nine seats, which is its worst ever result in the region. The country had been eagerly awaiting the election results because polls from the National Statistics Institute had predicted that the PP could lose its majority, opening up the possibility for a coalition government of left-leaning parties. Despite being one of Spain's two main parties, the socialist PSOE party has now come in third in this region known as Galicia. They've come in third in the last two elections in a row, falling below the Marxist-Linist separatist party. We'll be right back after this break. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, my pillow 2.0. <gasps> when I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. Now's the time to go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code to save 50% on your MyPillow 2.0. Not only that, for a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. MyPillow.com. Welcome back from the break. Glad you're with us. And thank you again for your support that helped make this program possible so we can push it out for free as a broadcast service of WVW Foundation and WVW Broadcast Network. If you appreciate what we're doing, thank you for your support by going to WVWFoundation.com, WVWFoundation.com. Well, now it's time for our nightly Worldview Report commentary. Several mainstream news outlets have reported that a bipartisan delegation of U.S. senators made an official visit to Hungary's capital on Sunday. 
put pressure on the nationalist government of Viktor Orban to immediately approve Sweden's request to join NATO. But guess what? The pro-war agenda of these U.S. senators is so unpopular in Hungary that no member of the Hungarian parliament would agree to even meet with them. Admitting a new country into the NATO military alliance, well, that requires unanimous approval. And Hungary, well, this is the only country among NATO's 31 existing members not to have ratified Sweden's application. The Hungarian government faces increasing pressure to approve the application after delaying the move for more than 18 months. The visiting U.S. senators, well, they came ready to play hardball. They announced that they would submit a joint resolution to Congress, quote, condemning alleged democratic backsliding in Hungary and urging the government of Prime Minister Viktor Orban to lift its block on Sweden's transatlantic integration, end quote. That's according to ABC News. Senator Tom Tillis, a North Carolina rhino Republican and notorious neocon globalist warmonger, said during a news conference at the U.S. Embassy in Budapest, quote, with Ascension, Hungary and your prime minister will be doing a great service to freedom-loving nations worldwide, end quote. The resolution, first reported early Sunday by the Associated Press, was authored by Tillis and Senator Jeannie Shaheen, a New Hampshire Democrat. Joining them in the delegation to Budapest was Senator Chris Murphy, a Democrat from Connecticut. And Shaheen, she said it was, quote, disappointing, end quote, that no members of the Hungarian government had accepted invitations to meet the delegation. But she was, quote, hopeful and optimistic, end quote. Sweden's ascension, well, it would be submitted for ratification when Hungarian lawmakers reconvene on February 26th. Murphy said the rejection of Orban's government to meet was, quote, strange and concerning, end quote, but that the onus was on the long-serving leader to push for a vote. Quote, we are wise enough about politics here to know that if Prime Minister Orban wants this to happen, then the parliament can move forward, end quote. That's what he said. Earlier this month, U.S. Senator Ben Cardin, a Maryland Democrat and the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, raised the prospect of imposing sanctions on Hungary for its conduct and called Orban, quote, the least reliable member of NATO, end quote. <laughs> least reliable, huh? More accurately, Orban could be described as the most responsible member of NATO. The rest, well, they're happy in their roles as doormats for Washington's CIA-managed military-industrial complex. That's what I think. It's become obvious that if any NATO member dares to go against the U.S., well, they will get treated as an enemy equal to Russia. They will get slapped with economic sanctions, compliments of a weaponized U.S. dollar. And now we wonder why the BRICS coalition is growing, because they're tired of the bullying from Washington, D.C. and the neocon and globalists. Well, that does it for this edition of the Worldview Report. As always, thank you again for tuning in and supporting the broadcast. One way you can support us and I think support your health is by going to melissahousebg.com and you can find out about this powerful elixir that I take twice a day. That collagen, cat's claw, which is an anti-inflammatory, and astraxanthin, loaded with antioxidants. Again, all the details, including the nearly 80 clinical trials, are there at the website melissahousebg.com. That is the landing page. 
that was created so they can track the sales. And with each purchase, you're also supporting this work and our organization and all the work that we're doing. So if you appreciate that, please consider checking it out. MelissaHouseBG.com. Another way you can support us and I think support your health is by going to TWC.health forward slash Brandon. Turn it up. There you go. Get it right, Brandon. TWC.health forward slash Brandon. It is a case that includes eight vital meds, ivermectin, amoxicillin, and others. Full details of what the eight are and what they treat at twc.health forward slash Brandon. I have one on hand for each of my family members that I keep. So if there is an interruption in just-in-time inventory or the downing of our critical infrastructure, my family has some, at least some, um, emergency meds on hand. Full details at twc.health forward slash Brandon. You can also, of course, visit wvwfoundation.com and support us with a contribution there so we can continue to push out this public service uh, news and information program. Also available is, well, I think, again, another outlet to support us and your health. It's called superfoodshouse.com, superfoodshouse.com, organic, all-natural, not sprayed vegetables that have been turned into a powder so that you can mix them with water and have a healthy vegetable or fruit shake. Again, all natural, organic, not sprayed, not with glyphosate and all those other things that you don't want in your body. You can find full details on this again at superfoodshouse.com. All right, there's just a few ways you can support us and help keep this broadcast funded and going. Till next time, I'm Brandon House. May God save America. Take care. <laughs>